Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 157 for the week of. Wow, it's, it's hard to use the week of now, unless your week start on Friday, but. The week of December 10th, 2010. It's Friday night. We got our first of our temporary Friday night schedule. Uh, Finally was able to pull it together. I've got people with me. Let me introduce you to them now. I've got Mr. John Yerworth. Hello. Hello. I've got Roy Burnett. And I finally, I have Emmanuel Marino. Always here. Always ready. Always ready. That's uh, Quinn... Rose Storm and uh, Rising Sun Tzu for just I... just just Quinn, but it's Quinsistosis. Quinsistosis. Winter Solstice. Winter Quinsistosis. Just Quinn. Just Quinn. Calendar. Thank you, John. Calendar. Got well, it. Well, yes. Well, according to the IRC last night, you were Quattro. Quattro. Why were you? Oh, how, uh, you got four was, of you. That was a, that was a joke. That was just a joke. El Quattro. We have two. We have we have duo right now. We got two British people, right? Yes, we do. Okay, so what part of the UK are you from, Quinn? Uh, uh, I'm currently living in Portsmouth in the far south. Okay, and what about you, Rose Storm? I live up in Edinburgh. All right. I don't know where either of those are, but I assume they're on the continent of England. And. <laughs> Edinburgh's in Scotland. Oh, that's still attached, I think, isn't I it? I think even yeah, I think even you can figure that where <laughs> okay. out where that is though, Chris. That's where that's where Sean Connor. Somewhere is from. in Ireland, right? <laughs> Somewhere in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> and they both have bagpipes. Close enough, right? For the two non-British people, Scotland's the north half of the island. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. You said that because I thought it was the west half. <laughs> what's what's the west side then? That's Wales. Wales. Oh, Wales. <laughs> West Near side? the Inu, right? <laughs> what? Near the Inu? Near the Inu. Oh, never mind. I was referencing last week's podcast. Near the Inu. I should know what that is. I wasn't on last week's podcast. I yeah, I know. Wednesday. I was. It was me and Manny, and I can't remember. <laughs> I, I, Ireland is the island next door. Yeah. The Emerald They're Isle. They're country. All right. <laughs> I'm your host, Chris Privetier. We've got an exciting show for you, and supposedly, like a, a good sitcom, we'll have a cameo from Michael Tidwell later, uh, or so Yay, he promised. Michael. <laughs> but uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, thank you, chat room, for being here. Shout out to Funet Man. He's sitting here watching us in the chat room. Don't have as many people as normal because it's a different time, and people haven't gotten used to that and all that good stuff. But Yeah, it's only uh, 25 to 4 in the morning. For all you awesome folks who download the show... I've got a good show for you. So much stuff happened this week. Interesting stuff, including um, the Final Fantasy XIV Pocalypse. I love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it. All right. So first off, I got some listener feedback. First thing from Silktail, who gave us the only response we got to our question of, give us some happy SNES era RPGs. Apparently, there weren't that many. Otherwise, we would have gotten more responses. Silktail gave the only reply of... The Super Mario RPG probably counts as a happy Super NES-era RPG. Although I think it was mostly an attitude thing. Terrible things happen in practically every one of those RPGs, but you don't really have emo heroes bemoaning how the village burned down his town, killed his girlfriend, etc., 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 etc. So, I don't know. If you discount a couple of the scenes, uh, Chrono Trigger was pretty positive. Uh, you know. yeah, yeah, except for all that Janus stuff. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> D- discount the magical war, the end of the world scenario, the end of time, <laughs> the entire game's based around the world blowing up. The music is. Oh, the music was happy, though. You're right. That, that does justify it. <laughs> you know, just go and listen to Robo's theme and try not to think of Rick Astley too much. <laughs> It is so great, that mashup of Robo with Rick Astley, isn't it? I love that. Yeah. This is a great, great thing. Oh. <laughs> yes, Chrono Trigger qualifies as a happy RPG because it has happy opening music. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, moving on. We got some feedback from Deadbo as well on the forums here. Said, I just wanted to get your guys' opinion of the future of console gaming. Well, you came to the right place because, you know, um, pretty much RPGs are all that's going to be, you know... Actually, that's not sure. Everything's moving the console, isn't it? But as far as traditional console gaming, RPGs are still the shining example of that because they just don't want to change. They don't want to grow up at all. All right. Do you think the current console model will persist? While I'm no Michael Pactor, well, who can be? I foresee two distinct possibilities as technology moves forward. One, a console-slash-handheld hybrid device similar to a smartphone having all-in-one capabilities as well as a TV out connection and possible wireless controller add-on. Um, which I thought, isn't that just a console? I don't know. Yeah, Microsoft does want to be the only box on your TV at this point. I I guess I I don't understand. Oh, it's console slash handheld. Okay, so this is, um, so this is, you can play stuff on it and then hook it up to your TV when you get home. So it's like a PSP that people want somehow. No, maybe more like a iOS where all of your apps are interchangeable and you can use everything wirelessly, sort of like um, well, the Apple TV. I mean, this is like a P- this is like a PSP Go. You can hook up a wireless controller. You can get hook it up to video out. The PSP Go does all this. Yeah, if you plug it in and buy expensive peripherals. Well, what do you mean? You, have a you still wireless? need to buy the cables to do, use it, to do this with the PSP. Okay, so if they just threw the cable in the box, yeah, like someone's going to do that. <laughs> it's a thirty dollar cable. And it's a $50 controller. And, like, what? So we're going to... How powerful is this thing going to be? What are we talking? Yeah, I don't know. Um, hmm. Are there going to be apps on this PSP? I think the idea would be that since it's handheld, you're going to have apps on it. You download on there, play them while you're on the go, and then when you go home, you hook up and play Angry Birds on your TV. You know, it's interesting. It sort of ties in with a recent rumor that's been floating around IGN that um, the PSP 2 is just half as over... a little over half as powered as the PS3, if that makes any sense. Sure. Okay. So, it, what they're talking about maybe uh, porting games, PS3. Or, the graphics level is said to be that of an early PS3. Yeah. And then maybe I, I talk about those sorts of port- things that comes out every time there's a new por- portable about over way overestimating its power. And like, if you look at this one game in this one scenario without these certain filters, it's kind of the same amount of power. Hey, it always helps that it's a smaller <laughs> resolution screen. Exactly. <laughs> that never hurts. So I don't know. They're talking, like, that can be the thing you start a game in the go. I mean, at home, take it with you on the go. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's it's an interesting idea because I've I've often wanted to for um, a lot of the RPGs on the iPhone uh, play them without having to use the iPhone to control them, um, or just on a big screen at least, so I don't have to hunch over and look at my phone. Well, it's hard to say whether or not the PSP 2 is going to be successful, if it's even real, because the PSP is already one foot in the grave and the other on a banana peel. Well, yeah, that's, that's a whole other issue. But, you know, take the PSP out of it. The idea is, would this sort of device be where we go? Or, he suggests number two, a service like OnLive to stream games that is built directly into your internet-connected TV, 
via an app, which actually I, I think is coming. I assume OnLive is going to go for this, to be quite honest. Well, there's actually a service out there called Gaikai that's still in its beta right now that's actually looking a lot more promising than um, OnLive is for um, using it for PC games. That it's actually using a completely free model. It's going to be, they're planning to have it similar to Steam when what it is and that all the gaming in the cloud, same as OnLive does, but you don't have to pay for the service. And uh, based on what I've heard. Well, yeah, how do they make money then? People buying for the games. Oh, well, OnLive also dropped the service fee. Well, um, based on what I've heard from different news reports, the Gaikai, um, it's. Already um, better than online, but just in its beta stages, just by the sheer number of servers it has. Ooh. Also, the, based on other news reports I've read, um, quite a few of the big publishers, such as EA and Activision, are already jumping on board exclusively with them. Well, the That's big di- the big issue with online, more than anything else, is game selection. So if they can, if Gaikai, how do you spell it? It's a G A I K I I or K A I. Okay, so if this thing can get a better selection than OnLive, then I think it's got, then it can have some legs. Uh, OnLive, of course, has a lot of brand name recognition now, so they'll have that to overcome. But if, uh, if they've got the selection, that'll do it. I wonder how much brand recognition, really. Well, among the video game playing people, everyone's heard of OnLive for a while. Yeah, now. but if they want to be big, like something like uh, everyone's heard of like an Apple TV or something like, yeah. even if you don't like okay. Apple, you've heard. Statement from the of- crowd. I've never heard of it. Oh. You've never heard of what? Oh, OnLive. On Till today? Nope. This is your first you day learning about OnLive. Okay. I may have heard it mentioned a couple of times, okay. but... Let me put it this way. It, it wasn't important enough for it, for it to stick in his brain. Yeah. Yeah, okay. pretty much. That is the OnLive... See, OnLive... Go check out OnLive, I, and, and I guess uh, Gaikai, too, when you can. Um, the fun thing about these services, at least with OnLive, is um, you can just kind of pop in and watch someone else play a game. So if you if you kind of like observing games, which I know a lot of people don't, but for the people who do, it's really cool to kind of just sit there and and watch someone else play, and it just lets you do it because it's so good at streaming video. Um, what I I wish OnLive would partner up with some StarCraft Two people so you could like observe StarCraft Two matches and stuff somehow. That would be pretty sweet, from my opinion. But I'm the kind of guy who subscribes to tournaments. Guy. Well, yeah. <laughs> well. I guess maybe, I think with OnLive, though, with the social networking features, you could kind of figure out who the good people are who play on there and watch them. Of course, um, I guess no StarCraft two person's going to play on OnLive due to the extra lag. That would be a problem. Hmm. Um, have you guys heard of this? Some, uh, there's a Sony Bravia in the UK that has a built-in PS2 in it. Yeah, I have. Uh, I was actually looking that in the story roundup today. Uh, you know, I'm thinking that... Uh, for online to really be successful, it's just got to be built in. It's got to every TV or every like feature TV that you buy in the future has. Well, you know, basically all future TVs are gonna have like Netflix plugged in or Hulu Plus plugged in. Mm-hmm. So if you have these services, you just push a button and you get your content streaming directly to your device, your TV, no extra anything. So I mean, that has to be the future, right? Uh, no, it doesn't have to be. Well, I mean, for like a easy, successful kind of, I, I, well, just think about that. You you take home a TV and you unplug, you plug it in. It's like, hey, do you want to sign up to OnLive? Here's a three months free trial. I think that'll there's be good for a do. lot of things, but there's always going to be that idea of you can't add extra stuff to it, so that's going to be a limitation. 
Mm. I, I think the more likely eventuality for that one is that you just have a TV that has internet access, and then it will be able to add services through it, just like you would through your PC. Oh, web apps or widgets. <laughs> yeah, but then, you know, how much storage do you have for the widgets and all that stuff? That It just seems like the TV is going to have limitations that a set-top box, by nature of just buying another set-top box or a t- computer that you hook up or a console that gets updates and discs that you put in, something that, you know, beyond what your TV I don't has. Know, Unless my, your TV gets a big TV, hard drive. <laughs> my TV is built in uh, Netflix streaming, and I'm happy as can be. Well, but is that all you want? Are you not interested in any other services that come down the line? Absolutely. Honestly, no. I could care less about on live. Well, I mean, that, that, well, you're basically or... asserting then that Netflix is going to have a monopoly. I don't think uh, Netflix no, no, is going away anytime soon. Yeah, but I'm I don't Manny think it'll be the one, only one that people want. I think what was that, Quinn? I'm with Manny on this one. Ah. I, I'm just not interested in this. You know, Steam is pretty much all I really need these days. Oh, well, that's not on your TV. I don't, I don't need I it to be on my TV. Game on my TV. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. But, I mean, you guys have already acknowledged that there's a need for other devices by having your computers be separate. And it's like uh, this whole consolidation of the living room and the home, I just don't think it's going to happen. I think we're going to see more more equally capable devices. Let me ask you, what, would, you be, would you consider like an Apple TV that can, run any, that can run applications on your TV screen and maybe use an iPad or an iPod Touch or an iPhone as a... As a controlling device or a gaming pad, would you be interested in that? And you can use and you have access to the huge library of apps already in the app store. Um kind of interested in that. Well that's what everyone thought the new Apple TV was gonna be, right? Right, and it turned out it wasn't, right? Mm. I I the reason I can say I'm kinda interested in that is because there's already an app called the Incident that you can run on your iPad and use your iPhone to control it. It's kind of cool. Um, it it kind of shows like the potential of having your iPhone be a, a controller. The problem is your controller loses its charge a hell of a lot faster than your Xbox or PS3 controller does, which uh, yeah, kind of problematic. Does Sony communicate enough? I mean, between no. all its different companies to actually <laughs> pull together a service like this. Like we talked about Sony and the PSP possibly be doing this, but it feels like they're just. I don't know. They barely talk with Sony Ericsson as it is. Well, because Sony Ericsson, I don't think, is actually owned by um, Sony. I think Ericsson oh. makes the phone and licenses the Sony name. And the PlayStation, I guess, licensed that phone. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> For that PlayStation. We've got a story on that later. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Look, the last thoughts from Dead, Dead Blow... Dead bow on this topic was I know we're probably away from seeing any of these options, but I want to get your early opinion. Um, feel free to tie it in RPGs. Uh, he would love option one because it would merge the handheld and console markets. There seem to be a lot of great RPGs on handhelds this generation, but I hate, hate playing them on the tiny screen. Even with the PSP video, it doesn't scale the picture and looks blown up and pixelated. Mm, anyway, love the show that. and props to Manny and Chris who managed to pull out a great show despite being undermanned. Well, now we're overmanned. We got lots of men. Well, pardon me for being in London last week. Jeez. <laughs> Thank you, Denbo. It's raining, men. No. Hallelujah, it's raining, men. I shouldn't do that. People don't want to hear that. Um, we got a show title. <laughs> yeah, it's raining, men. I may have already uh, used that sorry. one. <laughs> I have to check. Go with it. <laughs> Just go with it. <laughs> My first it's double title. I, I, I worry every week about using a title I already used. Because once you're at 157, you're like, I can't remember. I don't do searches. 
So I'm waiting for it to happen one week that I just accidentally do it. Um, I'm trying to load the archive page, but apparently it's really slow to load. That's great. How about uh, this? It rainy men with accents. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry, what? Are there any men with accents? <laughs> oh, never mind. Mm. It's an odd thing to ask. It's raining men in England. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's tea time and men showed up. Wait, I don't know. I can't come up with it's anything. It's really good. freaking early in the morning. <laughs> oh, really? What time is it for you guys? Out of curiosity. Almost Coming up to four in the morning. <laughs> oh my gosh. What the heck are you guys doing up? We're night owls. Last time I checked, I was helping you present this podcast. Oh, that, that's right. Thank you. Appreciate that. So I should go on to the news since you've decided to stay up so late. So, first story. It's not late, it's really early. <laughs> okay, since you're up so early, right, because there's no way you just stayed up all night for this. You're no, really of course early. not. No, of course not. All right. That'd be ridiculous. Yeah, of course. <laughs> spent the last three hours playing the Jewel 3. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I died to send love that. All the Warcraft. That's great. All right, so how about, uh, how about some Disgaea 4 then? Yay. Yay. Oh, that's a, an actual yay for Disgaea 4? I've been having oh, trouble yes. getting people excited for this. All right. So this, uh, guess what you could do? They're talking about the online stuff. They're going to have a map editor, and you can create maps and to battle and uh, share them online and even earn ratings from the Internet uh, community that uh, they will rate your maps. And you can also invade your other p- people's senates as one of the notoriously corrupt demon legislators who vote on player-suggested changes to the game world. Uh, and, of course, you can also create pirate ships. This was previously previously announced. You can create pirate ships to ambush other players during their game, which I love. <laughs> Just make a ship that barges into the screen. Hi! You're going to fight with me now. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, the, pi- the, the, the pirates have been a part of... Um... Disguise. They would randomly attack while you were in um, the randomly generated item world stage. When did they add that? Because that was not in Disguise uh, One. Disguise Two, I believe. Oh, okay. And it was in. It was also in Disguise Three. That's it's just great. that this time around, rather than them being piloted by NPCs, you can also have them piloted by other players. That is so is great. Cool. What was right. Disguise Three like? I remember it getting relatively mixed reviews, but I never played it. <laughs> Um, I think basically Disgaea 3 just kind of universally improved on the system in Disgaea 2. Uh, I think what pe- most people's complaints about it were was um, while it was uh, the first Disgaea game t- to be on the PS3, it did not use uh, high-definition sprites. Yeah. And we confirmed that this one is? Yep. Okay. Let's see. I'll look at a screenshot right now. Let's see how high-res this looks. Well, yeah, it's higher-res. Okay. There's a comparison image posted somewhere on the forums. Yeah, I, I mean, so it, it's higher res, but it doesn't look like it's really adding much to the formula or anything. But okay, high res. I'll to I'll the, take high res. I'll take high res. To the people who play, who uh, follow the series, it they do look like they've made a number of interesting changes. Do they? Yes. Oh, well, that's. I mean, hell, the ability for Disgaea Four, they finally managed to teach characters to dual wield weapons. But they probably still haven't like advanced the story of like Laharl and his cohorts at all. 
Well, they kind of don't really. No, Why and that's kind of. I do. I want. I want some stuff moving forward for the characters we know and love. I don't like how companies kind of just they leave them and then they just bring them in as fan service. Like so let, let's have some cohesion and move things forward and stuff, right? What no? get married, have kids? Well, okay. Uh, I don't know. Do something. Well, here's well here's a here's a screw for, here's a screw around for you in um. In Disgaea 2 PSP, it's possible to download um, Disgaea 3 characters, um, Sapphire and Almaz as mm-hmm. DLC. Um, when In the dialogue you get when you recruit them, um, basically they, they imply that the events of Disgaea 3 have happened, you know, that, that it's in their past. Oh. Now, if you go over to Disgaea 3, it's possible to download the two main characters of Disgaea 2, Adele and Rosalind, as, as DLC. Uh, and when you download them, they, their dialogue implies that the events of Disgaea 2 have also already happened. <laughs> so basically, Disgaea 3 happens after Disgaea 2, and Disgaea 2 happens after Disgaea 3. Well, that's great. Which is pretty much how Nipponichi work, really. <laughs> it's just one big cluster. <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, or, at the very least, trying to make sense out of it is, you know, a fool's... Well, it's like trying to follow the Zelda timeline, which doesn't actually exist, but they try to tell you exists. Mm. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I, a, a reasonable um, appearance in Disgaea 2. It wasn't just fan service, but um, he, he did have that entire little ending path where... Um, no if you spoilers. Successfully... I haven't finished <laughs> it. <laughs> I present on backtrack for crying out loud. I know, but I don't. I want to finish that still. It's that, not backtrack is inherently spoiler laden. Seriously, this is an ending you can that you can only get. I think on one second playthrough and two, it's only be found in the first chapter of the game. Oh, nice. Where basically you fight a level one thousand Lahal. If you if he overpowers you, you get a game over. If you win, he gets pissed off and blows up the sun. <laughs> you therefore lose by default. <laughs> There's just no way to win on that one. Nope. And he actually, uh, actually he does crop up in Disguise 2's plot occasionally as well, as does that now. Doesn't he show up in Disguise 3 as well? Uh, yeah. They do, yeah. they do continually bring these characters back. Yeah, but... They don't. They may not have advanced the storyline, but yeah. arguably there was only so much you can really do. After I do want to, you know, basically all I'm looking for is like something growing Laharl up a little bit and doing some stuff with Flan and Laharl. I mean, that's all I would expect. But uh, oh well, just to say, just just imply that something happened in their past that has shown that they have something more than they used to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you well, don't even have to uh, show I it. Know. I mean, for goodness' mm-hmm. sake. Well, just thinking about it, actually, in all uh, the uh, events that um, it does accept one of the ending paths as canon, because all of Flon's appearances after Disgaea are, are as uh, Fallen Angel Flon. Right. Which only happens, I think, in a couple of Disgaea's endings. Though in Disgaea Infinite, they, they assert that the whole Fallen Angel thing is something she can <laughs> manually she can choose what she wants to look like, which I don't know if that's uh. canon or not. <laughs> Stupid angels and they're cheating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Let's see. Uh, oh, how about some Deus Ex? No. Okay. Yeah, why not? And why not? All right. So check this out. If you've been following Deus Ex Revolution, there's a new website for you to go to. It is called uh, Sarif Industries, which is uh, Adam Jensen. Is uh, I don't know. what is that the name of the main character in Deus Ex or something? 
I should know, no but I don't. I have no idea. Okay, so apparently he's related to Deus Ex in some way. Probably the main character. This is I should really play those games at this point. Anyway, he's his employer is Sarif Industries, S A R I F Industries, and you can go to www.sarifindustries.com, uh, and you can go check out uh, the wonders. Is this of a the, viral site? Or it, like one it, of those it, I love bees. I don't know. I don't think they expect you to think it's real, but you can uh, you can kind of go into a little hacking game. Or, or really, get, I don't know. You click around, you get into an unauthorized access that leads you to a oh, demo oh, of the, of the hacking it, um, game from the G? game. Some, what? Um, alternate reality game? I don't think ARG? it's an alternate reality game. No. Because it's not like people are working together to unlock stuff. There's no, like... Yeah, go... this, isn't, this isn't the one that they did for, dis- uh, for like, Bioshock 2 or something. Yeah, I, I don't think it, it has it, that much it, organization. It's just a hacking mini game. It's, it's more like the Portal... Yeah, it's not even like the Portal 2 website, because they had to work together on that one. So this is just... Uh, Man, this is lazy. Yeah, you go to the website, poke around, and eventually you can get into an area where you can play a demo of the hacking mini game from Deus Ex Human Revolution itself. So if you're really into Deus Ex, you want to check that out. And if not, you want to know when Mass Effect 2 is coming out on PS3, and we finally have a release date. That would be January 21st. Uh, except it would that would only be if you're in the UK or Europe. Uh, it's January 18th for the US, and it will have bonus content that was released as DLC for the game. And uh, that's, that, that, that's the news. Finally have a date, January 18th, which is like around the same time frame last year that the game came out on 316 PC. Oh, uh, that's cool. we're, since we're on Mass Effect, um, yeah. was, uh, I think we'll just officially put this in the um, uh, rumor category. Okay. But apparently there was a brief, very brief moment on EA's website today. Um, when there was a pre-order page for Mass Effect 3. Um, and there will apparently be an announcement at the Video Game Awards tomorrow from Bioware, which will confirm the rumors of their, the, the game of that new game that they're working on. Yeah, I, I mean, think... everyone's been saying that's going to be Mass Effect 3 for a while now. Um... Yeah. I but think Mass Effect 3 kind of... some multiplayer elements was what I'm hearing too. Yeah. And here's the interesting thing. You mentioned the, the leak on EA's site, right? Um, where they have like link to the the game is like posted on their store or something like that for pre-order and all that. Um, the the details that were associated with the game on that site are that you're going to have to uh, go around and and collect a bunch of people to help fight the final battle against uh, the aliens that are trying to to destroy the universe or whatever, right? Do we do we really eat, eat need another g- party gathering Mass Effect? Don't we already have two good groups of parties that we could just choose from? Can we focus on maybe not doing party gathering this time? <laughs> that's that. I, that just it's like is it really is the party gathering that strong an element that we need that to be in all three games? Kind of bugs me. I don't know. I'm personally it's one of the best selling games to get. <laughs> yeah. Well, is it because I, of the party I, gathering, I, I guess I don't know. Personally, I would just be happy with two things: one, get rid of that goddamn scanning me game. And number two, um, just please, um, just try and find that bug where you float into the scenery and stop it, because I don't like it. Yeah. Hate yeah, that would bug. be nice. I hope they've tweaked the engine a bit so that we don't have things like that going on. Because that would, well, stink to have that happen again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the one thing that would be nice to buy with in terms of their graphics capabilities is if they could finally master the art of hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, yeah, Mass Effect. Yeah. <laughs> it's 
why all the good races don't have hair. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Isn't it using Unreal Engine, or is it using something else? I can't remember now. I can't either. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Oh, speaking of games with lots of bugs, we have oh, poor, poor, poor Final Fantasy fourteen. Came out, it's a decent game and concept, there's some fun stuff you can do, and then eventually you kind of run out of that stuff to do, or you decide, well, I can do this stuff, and it's fun enough, but it's kind of repetitive, and I kind of want to do something else, or I don't like the interface, or gee, this stuff that I need to do to get to this level to do this other stuff would be nice if all these other issues or bugs were not here, but they are, I sure wish they would patch it and I'll come back later. And, uh, yeah. So, Get got some point. rather negative press, obviously, on the game. And then they responded, we've got some patches coming. Don't worry, we're going to address all this crap, and we're going to make it better. Trust us. In fact, we'll extend your free trial, then the month passed. Um, you know, we'll extend it again. Um, and they've got news that they're going to extend it once again. But uh, also, check this out. They are staff... They're doing a lot of staff changes on Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah, well, it's kind of... Yeah, oh, by the way, uh, the uh, the game's now, f- like, free indefinitely, and we've just kind of fired most of the development team. That's yeah, right. It's basically... You, you, it sounds like a layoff <laughs> situation at uh, other companies. Like, uh, Hiromichi Tanaka, who has been, like, the producer of the game, like, for years, you know, this is his game. He did Final Fantasy XI as well. Like, I, I had a chance to interview and talk to this guy. This guy owned this game. He was all over this game. Uh, he will no longer be in charge. He will continue to support the team in other in other ways, but he has a, a big, uh, a le- well, he has, like, a two- or three-paragraph letter about... Uh, about uh, you know apologizing to the community for the way the game went and uh, letting people know that he won't be in charge anymore. Guy in charge now is Naoki Yoshida, who has never been like in charge of a big game before, um, but he'll be Sounds taking over. Sense. Yeah, he's been involved with uh, research and development apparently. Use R and D and drive one of the Dragon Quest spinoffs. Monster Battle Road, which is like the, one of the arcade ones or something, I think. Yeah. Um, Nobuaki. So, uh, Oh yeah, they bring they bring in a wide-eyed newcomer. Yeah, as well, and so he'll be doing produce. Oh, he'll be producer and director, and uh, Nobuaki Komoto, who uh, was director of Eleven, who was director of Eleven for a while, has uh, been shifted from being to lead game designer, I guess, for fourteen now. So that's interesting, uh, and uh, we've also got a uh, say what. I was going to say, the interesting one there is um, Akihiko Matsui. Yeah, director of Final Fantasy XI. How many directors has XI had? (laughs) About three, I think. He was a co-director on Chrono Trigger. Apparently, um, Akihiko Matsui was uh, one of the ones responsible for some of the drastic upturns in quality that XI took over over Ah, time. okay. So So they're they're bringing in their, their reformation team, like... Okay, these guys didn't work out. Let's bring in the team of new people, new perspectives, and people we know who can turn stuff around. This is interesting. Yoshihisa Hashimoto, who has been a director of various Sonic games. That's not a good sign. (laughs) I don't know what's up. Uh, How do you know? He may have have helped the good ones. Oh, let's let's see. Yoshi... I can't even spell this. Hashimoto. Uh, well, it, it says on there he was a technical advisor. Well, he's which, he's tech uh, tech when, advisor the, now. When, yeah. 
What's the last Sonic game you can think <laughs> okay. of? Actually, good graphics. All right, so this guy was uh, a Sonic what, Unleashed. All right, this guy was a programmer on Sonic Adventure One, Two, um, Battle, Sonic Advance One and Two, uh, Sonic Adventure. D- He's been a programmer the whole time. Okay, he was a director on Sonic Unleashed. And yeah, do I need to say anything else? Uh, well, it sounds like he was a programmer on the, some of the decent ones. At least he wasn't working well, on Sonic 2006. That game sucked. Yes, he was. He was, uh, oh, in was, the, he? He was special oh, okay. thank, he got special thanks credits on 2006, so I guess he didn't work that much on it. But seriously, Sonic Unleashed, you want the guy who directed that? Who makes the choice to have the Werehog levels? The director or the producer? That's my question. Because if it was the producer, I'm fine with this guy. If it was the director, I've got some issues here. But... It's okay. He's a technical advisor. I guess I shouldn't worry. He's a good programmer. Yeah, so Sonic, for, for all it says, Sonic Unleashed at least ran what? Sonic Adventure was one th- game, known for one thing. It was known for being a bug-free game, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we should trust the programmers on it, I would think. He said ironically. Oh, yeah, so I don't know. Um, let's hope they've got their A game together here. Uh, there's a bunch of other names. You can check our story on our site. See, uh, we've got some listing of the, of the games they come from. Uh, do you think that this is this is drastic? They are they are turning over all the lead positions on the team. We have no idea what other positions they might be turning over behind the scenes. They're committing to the game being free indefinitely. They are announcing now we're not going to make the PlayStation Three launch of March 2011. That's going to be delayed. We don't know until when. We're going to make the game good, and then it'll come out. Uh, is this this is really drastic for a game that has a committed following? Um, apparently, not committed enough for Square, I guess. Uh, they th- do you think this will be enough? Mm, well, because can... most of the bugs that are in this game should have been fixed during the beta. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess that you want to, if you're going to have issues with an MMO like this, do you take it? A, you have two options with an MMO at this point. Do you make it free to play and just uh, and just try to get whatever milk, whatever money you can out of the development that was done, and do gradual bug fixes over a very long period of time? Or do you frickin' take a sledgehammer to it like they seem to be doing and just rebuild it from the ground up and sink even more money and time and investment on a game that's already had a failed launch? Well, all I can really say is at least they're not charging people for it. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I mean, most, most, other, most other companies, okay, I'm maybe specifically referring to um, uh, Sony Online Entertainment here, would probably be charging you right did about you, now. Uh, did you pay for a copy of Final Fantasy XIV? Me? Oh yeah. Did you do you feel that this um that this uh that their commitment to working the game that this this level of commitment is enough to make you not feel bad about spending your money on it? I didn't feel bad about spending my money on it in the first place. Are you I still didn't playing spend it? that much? No. Oh okay. But you got enough out of it already, so this is all bonus. Yeah. Alright. Pretty much. Alright, so here do we do we so here, for the for the relaunch, do we add something after the title? Do we call it Final Fantasy fourteen versus fourteen plus fourteen plus fourteen duo decim fourteen alpha alpha ex? I don't know what we do. Write in with some suggestions for for not, post. Not take not, don't take hints from um, Bando Namkai Super Robot Wars Division on naming. Yeah, we'll be here all week. Bando Namkai, nice. I like that. Team DX. DX. All right. DX. Directors. The director's cut. Got this. Uh, I, I guess I think uh, my my only real dislike for 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 Sony online entertainment in this particular instance is, um, you know, 
continually driving a, a what used to be a good MMO into the ground, but still having the balls to charge people for it. Ah, you're just mad at Sony, apparently. Ugh, what Planet game? Side used to be Planet so good. Side. Oh, okay. Because you know they they took another game that started to slope off, and they made it free to play: Pirates of the Burning Sea. Hmm. I think people are hoping. Well, I personally, I'd like them to do the same with Planet Side, but didn't they say they were doing? They announced some news about PlanetSide recently. Oh, did they? Yeah. Um, Must have not been up. keeping a vast amount of track I just it. read something about it very recently. It may have been even in the in the news reels I was reading tonight, but you might want to go go look that up. But instead, for those of you who are more interested in traditional RPGs, how about some that you can get at a very cheap price? Exceed, publisher of a number of very fine titles, has announced that their PSP titles are going to get permanent price cuts. Well, not all of them, but like four of them. are going to get permanent price cuts on the PlayStation Network. Brave Story New Traveler, which I know a lot of people consider to be a very good RPG on the PSP. Dungeon Maker Hunting Ground, Valhalla Knights, and Wild Arms XF. The XF stands for Crossfire. Uh, will now cost nine ninety nine, and Valhalla Knights Two Battle Stance will cost fourteen ninety nine. Still and, too much for the game. Yeah, so I would. Yeah, I think we'd all agree avoid the Valhalla Knights ones. Uh, but uh, do check do check out Brave Story, right? No, no nobody played it. Okay. Well, no, I'm not familiar with Brave Story, but no, I have a good, reasonable things about it. I have too. Brave Story is a pretty good game. Oh. All right, good. It has cat girls, so if Michael was here, he'd be happy about it. So, but Although um, the Dungeon Maker title, avoid it like the plague. It's oh, old. really? Okay. <laughs> so, so go get Brave Story for ten bucks. Is the moral of that story? <laughs> if right. you haven't already. Yes, and then look forward to Trinity Souls of Zil Ols. I don't even remember what this one is about. What is this? This is a Zil Ol. Z-I-L-L, Ol apostrophe L-L, is a long-running series that will be released in North America the first time. Oh, that was the story I did the other day. Yeah. It's going to be um, coming just, to Europe on February 11th and America on February 8th, 2011. I can give you some quick background on that. Okay. What's up uh, with Me and Chris. No, not you. Me and Michael. Check this out at E3. Oh, right. It's the one that has... Uh, you. It's a, It's an action... I guess it's an action RPG. You control, well, you control one character at a time, but you're always in a party of three, and you can switch between the three characters at any time. And each one has different abilities. So, like, the main character, which is um, this young guy with a sword, he can, he's the only one who can do magic attacks. And then you have this young woman who's, like, a rogue-type woman. She can double jump and get the different areas. And you have, the, like, this big hulking brute guy, and he uh, can pick up heavy objects and, like, swing them around. And you're constantly having to switch between the three characters to get through uh, enemies and different obstacles. So it's trying so, the action RPG. Kind of, yeah, I guess. Nice. No, that mm, trailer cool. looks trailer looks interesting. I actually personally I've been wondering what the game was about ever since I saw it crop up on the um uh Japanese PSN. I've just never had the uh inclination to download any of the trailers or the demo or anything if there is well, a demo. I think it'd be very interesting if you um if that's one question you have to ask. Do you like um old school Japanese RPGs? Not I mean Well this doesn't seem old like school an Japanese old school action Japanese RPG. Really? Although, as far as action games are concerned, those three characters do have the the stereotypes covered. When I say old school, I mean yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, what, you, what do you mean by do you mean like Crystalis? I mean, what what are you counting as old school app, Japanese action RPGs? Secret I'm of Mana, about like like PlayStation Two, PlayStation One. Oh, okay. 
not man, that old. That's considered. I was gonna say that's like considered the, old school now. Oh man! What? The original I'm getting Secret so of Mana. old. No, PlayStation because Two games. There were so many made during that era. That's PlayStation like Two games are considered old school. It's making me sad. You know what I mean? It's just sort of like a tried and true formula at this point. So yeah, like a, a five-year-old tried and true formula. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I consider that old. So a 3D action RPG. I got it. Manny, you are making me feel really old. <laughs> At all, it's just come on. Five years ago, and game time is forever. Especially well, when so in any technology, Japanese actually, I played a lot. And five years ago, we didn't even have iPhones. Shocking, isn't it? I know. I still don't have an iPhone. <laughs> I had. My I only have an though. iPod. It's what I play game dev story on. I did have my cats, and they are bugging me now. So five years ago, we didn't have the, even the inkling that we'd be having a PlayStation phone. And now we've got this big, long video that hit the internet this, this uh, last week that, uh, uh, that shows this... You know, yeah? I was just saying, I have not seen this, so please tell me all about it. So if you, uh, um, I've got it linked in the, in the notes there for you. If you scroll down on that story, they got the video there. Uh, basically shows the phone. It, they, they, they spin it around. They show all the angles. They show the, the control pad flipping out and put, or sliding out, sliding back in. They show the uh, main OS of the phone. It's all Android. Um, I, I think supposedly it's running gingerbread. I'm not sure on that. I'm not, a, I'm not an Android expert. Um, but they don't show any games. But you can see what you're going to be using. That you know all those those pictures you've seen of the little um, the touch analog sticks, uh, the the touchpad that simulates the analog sticks. That's that's what they're showing here. It physically exists. It's a Sony Ericsson phone, um, and it's got a button for the PlayStation part of it. But uh, no idea how that's going to work. What sort of games? They don't show any games, and that's kind of disappointing. They show you know it is Android. Um, it looks so many you. you it is so many light years beyond the era where we had the, uh, the taco, uh, the N-Gage. And so, uh, you know, as a gaming phone, it will surely do better than that. But uh, we still have no real info about what it's going to be like, other than, you know, it's real and this is what it looks like. Have, have they said whether or not it'll actually play old PSP games? I, I'm assuming it'll play, like, PlayStation 1 games, personally. That's what, that's what I think it'll do, but I, I, I really don't know. So basically, Xeno Gears on your phone. I guess PlayStation One games wouldn't work though, because that wouldn't hit the market they're going after. They want people. How do you appeal to the Angry Birds market with a PlayStation phone? You have you like PlayStation Minis? Do you do something else? Some new platform? I don't know. Any PSN games can play on it, maybe something like that. I don't know. No, is the front screen a touchscreen? Uh, yeah. So maybe they can appeal to the Angry Birds crowd with just a touchscreen, and then those people who no, then again, you they would never buy this phone. Why would you? Yeah, I don't know. If you're just a casual gamer, yeah, I guess. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, all you need is an Android phone. Hmm. Especially, or especially if you already have an Android or an Apple or an iPhone, why would you need this? This one's going to be tricky to market. Um, And uh, given how they did with the Go, who knows how that'll go? Uh, No pun intended. I I actually like the Go. Yeah, but it, it didn't market well. <laughs> I want to go. I want to go just so I can hook a PS3 controller up and play uh, Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker with it. But I'm not going to spend that much money just for that. So I'm okay. So of course, there's like the big questions of like battery life, price, cell phone plans, I mean, storage. Hopefully, like always. But how many games could you realistically fit on there? I'm assuming there's going to be like a micro SD card slot in there somewhere. 
Well, uh, if, it's, if, if it's similar to the Go at all, I, I have about 32 gigs worth of space on the Go. I can fit reasonably about 60 games on it. How did you get 32 gigs? Did you buy an extra 16 gig micro SD, micro SanDisk, what are they called? Memory stick. Yes, it did. Oh. <laughs> All right. With, oh. with it looks interesting, though. I mean, I'm looking at the video. It has, like, the, the shoulder buttons on the back. Yep. There's a camera on the back. It seems like it's to have everything it needs to It needs to have to be a combination. It only has single shoulder buttons, so that kind of blows a hole in my PlayStation 1 theory because that requires mm. two, doesn't it? The PS1 Depends had on the double buttons, right? I can't remember. Depends no. on the game. Depends on the game. <laughs> so I guess it'd have to be, uh, what, PSP games? PSP-type games? I guess. Huh, looks interesting. Because it has two analog sticks, so it's obviously not just for PSP games. Well, you know, the one thing that was really funny, I tried um, downloading Final Fantasy VIII from the PSN onto my Go, and I found out I couldn't play it because it... With that game, it requires you to hold down the R2 and L2 buttons to be able to run from battle. Well, oh, that'd be a problem on the P- regular PSP as well. Hmm. <laughs> you, you just can't... What the hell? How are you supposed to run from battle, then? You just can't. Apparently, yeah, it's just unplayable. Well, it's PSP. not unplayable. You just have to stop running from battle, you chicken. Isn't it, possible to, isn't it possible to rebind the key slightly in Diagnostic? I, 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 I assumed you check, could. I think so. But what are you going to rebind them to? True. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you need like an alt button. <laughs> hmm. So any word on a release date or an announcement? You think no. this is going to be like a big CES announcement? I think so. I think it was, yeah, that would be a good time to do it, um, especially since Nintendo's going to be CES, so Sony needs something to keep the spotlight on them as well. But especially right before CES. the 3DS launch. Oh, I guess, the, oh, that's right. They're not, go- I'm sorry, Nintendo's not going to CES, but they've got some announcements in that time frame from their own event, right? That's right. When, when is CES again? January, um, and I'm sorry, I don't have the date for you. Let me look it up. CES... 2011, January 6th through 9th. Very early in the year. Very fun time to watch lots of coverage at live.twit.tv and make lists of all the cool gadgets that you want from CES that will never come out. Because <laughs> that seems to be how it works. 80% more, of the stuff more, you see there never comes. <laughs> more than likely for that phone, I imagine they'll probably announce it some, some of the technical features at CES, and then they'll probably get it more into the game features at GDC later on in March. Very that would possible, make sense. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. I like that your style gorgeous. there. I like your style almost as much as I like Neil Patrick Harris's style, uh, which we will get to see grace the Spike TV Video Game Awards, and I have to ask you, does this make you want to watch them? I was about to say, I was about to call you out. Like, you liar. You are not watching that. I'm not watching them at all. Even Dr. Horrible is not going to save it for me. But I thought it was interesting that you're, they're trying. Hey, he's a good one to get. But, uh, yeah. Also, people showing up. Danny DeVito, Caitlin Olsen. Is that one of the Olsen twins? Or is it someone else? Uh, Rob McElhenney. I don't know who that is at all. No clue. Tony Hawk, Chris Hemsworth, uh, who was Kirk in the recent Star Trek movie, and oh, he's also going to be Thor in Thor. 
and comedian Dane Cook. Well, he wasn't Kirk. He was Kirk's dad. Oh, okay. You know, the only two names I know I'm in reading that list this. Okay. Yeah. Are, the, are the horrible comedian and the Hasman skateboarder. <laughs> There's a story I skipped this week that I was going through, talking about how Activision was trying to convince people that uh, Tony Hawk is still relevant to gamers today. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Because, yeah, no, it isn't. <laughs> well, there, there hasn't been a successful Tony Hawk game in, what, seven years? Oh, these companies just don't know how to market. Which brings us to PlayStation Rewards. Uh, so this is supposed to appeal to us. This is PlayStation... Uh, yeah. So the PlayStation Rewards, which basically says, do stuff on PlayStation and you will get rewarded for it, but they don't tell you what you need to do. They refuse to. They now announce that they're going to have a quests so there'll be there's gonna be quests that should have been added this past week and i was so not interested in it i didn't even look i apologize i should have looked uh so you get out rewards progress in exchange for fulfilling tasks like uh playing move um or watching pulse which is their show dedicated to psn that you don't have to pay for unlike core um you get to point. You, one quest is going to the central plaza in home, which a lot of people have never done. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so my comment on Twitter was: Sony's giving you rewards for doing stuff that nobody wants to do. Sounds like a great, great strategy. What do you guys think? Uh, <laughs> no, nah. no, not not interested to play to get the move it quest done. So what do we get again for this? PlayStation <laughs> Rewards. And what do those PlayStation Rewards give us? Okay. I, I just, PSN. A- eventually you could get PSN avatars, dynamic themes, home content, and a sweepstakes prize to go to the 2011 CES. Like if you got so a you lot of rewards. Play well? Yeah. Yeah. That would be a lot better. <laughs> yep. Well, here's one quest to be easy to do. One that says download and play five demos from the store. Hey, I'll do that eventually. I'm not going to go out and do it on purpose, but I'll get there. I should download that uh, new Housemark one, the uh, one with the zombies. Oh, that doesn't narrow it down. Um, oh, um, Dead Nation? Dead Nation. Yeah. I love the I love Super Stardust HD, and it's the same people. Though I, I don't know that I'll love this as much, but uh, mostly because it's a zombie game. I think I think I think you're right, Manny. We got to go play WoW, and uh, while we're playing WoW, we can contemplate about what's in the next expansion. Oh, and already? They, it's yeah, been like two days. I know, right? <laughs> but Greg Street has uh, has been talking to CVG, which is ComputerAndVideoGames.com, and he said uh, in the next expansion they're likely going to go for another new continent approach, as opposed to rebuilding areas that people are familiar with. Uh, the world, ex- he says. I think the next expansion will be something more like a new continent approach, more like a the Burning Crusade or Northrend, where we send players somewhere new that they haven't been before. He said, continually. So how did how did how did they do that exactly? Did they just make the continent poof out of the ocean? Well, that's what they did with Northrend. Though technically, it did exist in the lore. They just didn't have it on the map. Um, uh, the map kind of stopped. Yeah. Just to, uh, the map, the, the northern boundary of the map, just kind of chopped the continent off. So they'll come up with something, and they'll take you to a new world, or they'll, you know, there's there's so much lore in WoW that you can pretty much justify anything 
it's Evie, and not just because you're writing it, and of course anybody who's writing can justify anything, but like there really is so much crap going on that people will be like, oh yeah, that's right, that makes total sense. Of course there was that island right there, and it will just work. I mean, that stuff just, that wow will let you do that. Um, I th- He says also, I think the Eastern Kingdoms and Kalimdor are good now. We won't have to mess with them. There might be some small areas that may require polish or changing if things still don't feel right. On the other hand, we have this weird story now where you almost go back in time when you hit the Burning Crusade and Lich King content. We're going to have to do something to bring that up to speed. You're hearing all about Deathwing and all the destruction, and then you leave Azeroth and go to Outland, and they're talking about Illidan. That's a little bit of a non-secateur, particularly for new players. We need to make the whole story a little smoother. And... uh, they uh, did. They that could be something they do with the patch, or they might wait till the next expansion. So that's what you can look forward to in WoW. And of course, that uh, you know, we want to get expansions out on fairly regular schedules, so we can't really sit back for too long. Which, of course, to me means look for it in that two month, uh, two year time frame. So I hope they don't change the Outlands and the Northrend too soon. I want to check that at least once. Northrend, sure, but. If they were to do an overhaul to, to Outland to, to make it a little uh, smoother and nicer to go through, I don't think you'd be missing anything. Um, what about the story hooks? Don't they tie directly into Warcraft 3? Yeah, especially in Outland. So that's yeah. what I'd be missing, because I'm playing through Warcraft 3 right now, and I'm enjoying it a lot. So yeah. I'd like to see how that continues. Well, I mean, if, you, if you're if you really going to stick with it, you, you're going to be done in plenty of time. Mm. So, I mean, I, and if you don't stick with it, how much are you are you losing out then? You know, I guess <laughs> yeah, that's you, what Wildpedia was made for. You have no problem. You're gonna if you want to do it, you're gonna have no problem getting through all that stuff within two years. <laughs> no problem. Oh, wait, is that how long we're thinking for the next expansion? Yeah. Did you guys see that leaked memo? That leaked memo from uh, uh, I heard about it, but I didn't see it. I yeah, I heard Jeff Kanata talking about it on Twitter. Okay, and, and it's supposed to be supposedly his big yeah. leaked memo of every game they have planned but for the next. You know five what? It's years. what everybody expected. Anybody. This not is, really, because there's a few new titles on there. Yeah, there's some new. There's WoW Phoenix. We don't know what that is. No, I think that's Starcraft. Phoenix. Starcraft Phoenix. Sorry, Starcraft Phoenix. Um, and and like they've got a time frame for the movie. But like as far as like the stuff everyone's following, like Diablo is next fall. Yeah. Yeah, but two duh. Diablo expansions. Yeah, and, two Diablo uh, expansions. New- okay, so, the, we knew there'd at least be one. Is it? Is and a new expansion called Titan. I mean, a new game called Titan. Supposedly, okay. of course, this could be all BS, but. A lot of it makes sense, but I think a lot of it is easy to predict, so it could easily be BS. It's like, oh, uh, you know, the StarCraft, uh, next StarCraft expansion will be out in the spring. Well, yeah. Okay. Kind of figured that. <laughs> well, that, 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 that was kind of like all the rumors behind them. what was like, what's BioWare's next big game going to be at the VGAs? Like, it's going to be Mass Effect 3, since we already know they're doing... The, you know, <laughs> Jade Empire how 2. How else would it be? They're, 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 they're all, that would be great. It's just Jade Empire 2. I would love it. <laughs> they're it turns out Mass Effect and Jade Empire are the same universe the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now that is cracktacular. It's possible. It's totally it's possible. highly, highly improbable. Uh, it's not, actually, because there's humans in, in, in Jade Empire, right? Yeah, and no, you don't only... understand. You understand. China isn't a, isn't a country. It's a planet slash universe slash realm. Oh, actually, that's where the next WoW expansion's happening too. So in China, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Darwin's finally. <laughs> yep, 
that's, that's, we got it all. We got it all wrapped up. Who needs the WoW document? So, what else is cool on that document? Anything else oh, that we need? Oh, the WoW to know movie about? apparently maybe we'll see in 2013. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, WoW expansion five. I guess WoW is coming to Brazil. Yay, Brazilian listeners! Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Know. So what's up, with this, like, what's up with this Starcraft Phoenix thing? Do you think? What do you, do you think it could be like a wing commander? Like legit, just, just full on wing commander? Oh, can, so you you command a phoenix? Ooh, that'd be cool. I guess could that be the console the console game or something? I think they tra- I think they uh, farm WoW Phoenix or Starcraft Phoenix out to cave, and it's a bolt hell shooter. How about that, John? <laughs> that would be brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> it's not that it's not that ridiculous when you think that. Uh, Starcraft 2 actually has a bullet hell shooter in it already. <laughs> Is it yeah, bullet hell? Like it. Yeah. All right. I, I don't like the controls in that shooter, but uh, yes, they do. That, that's a tech demo like, look what you can do with our toolkit. <laughs> yeah, is Phoenix supposed to be the, the next Starcraft 2 game, or is it an expansion to Wings of Blood? Uh, it's the next Ghost. Which means it'll never come out. Well, yeah, we don't know what it is. It's 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 not an expansion because they've already announced the two expansions. So the question is, what is it? And that's what we're speculating about. Um, <laughs> the Phoenix is a Protoss unit. You use it for spying. It's really fast. It can attack while moving. Um, it's an iPhone game. It's an iPhone game. <laughs> could be. <laughs> it really could be. I mean, that's totally possible. <laughs> it's hmm. entirely possible. <laughs> very, very possible. Oh, uh, and something that we knew was possible and of course happened was Monster Hunter sold a lot of copies. So Monster Hunter Possible Third or Possible Third, Portable Third. There's your title, Monster Hunter Possible. Um Starring Kim Possible. Starring Kim Possible. Sold two point one uh, yeah, two million one hundred forty six thousand four hundred sixty seven copies according to Famitsu. That's a lot. So if you're worried about uh Monster Hunter sales, don't be it did well. And uh, also, 326,639 PSPs were sold last week in Japan. Those numbers would be good for the U.S. <laughs> this is in Japan, where they have a lot less people. <laughs> so, uh, oh, and that doesn't include the Go, um, because the UMD... Uh, oh, yeah, because the UMD drive uh, is required for Monster Hunter Portable 3rd right now, because there's no... Uh, you can't download it for some reason, because companies are weird about that download stuff. Yeah. You know Actually, I can tell that I can tell that um, uh, thingy um, Monster Hunter Portable has been um, selling so well because, well, I've got the um, I think it's last week's Famitsu. I picked it up while I was in London. Uh, was, um, just I swear to hell, half of the magazine is taken up by Monster Hunter Portable stuff. <laughs> nice. Just, just, just so much of it. They have Famitsu in London. Yeah, Japanese bookstores. Oh, nice. I need to London needs it up here, too. <laughs> hmm. i got to find one of those, actually, and then learn how to read it. That'd be the hard part. Maybe I shouldn't find one of those. Uh, maybe I should find a new Tales character. Who's been waiting for more Tales of Radiant Mythology characters? That game is terrible. <laughs> well, this is for Tales of the World Radiant Mythology 3 for the PSP. They just announced Sheena will be in it. Who has been in uh, the Tales of Symphonia games? Apparently, so there you go. Everybody who's oh, been waiting Sam, for that. Sam will be very, very happy. All right, Sheena's in it. I know you've been waiting for that, and you've also been waiting to hear that Final Fantasy Agito Thirteen still exists. 
<laughs> That's the news we have on that this week. It still, still exists. Still holding on. Uh, the, the, you know what it feels like? It feels like Square Enix is like a bad blizzard. Yeah, it does. <laughs> they keep on, like, everyone gets so angry and like, got delayed again. Oh. But when Blizzard is like, oh, I guess they must be adding some great new features. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Speak, you know why? Things like Dirge of Cerberus is what makes us feel like that. So, <laughs> Final Fantasy XIV, so you know, we, well, they don't have a perfect track record. Yeah, yeah seriously, because Leaf of Blizzard would be like, oh, well, I'll just go play WoW or StarCraft. You can't say, oh, well, I'll go play Fort. Maybe not. <laughs> oh... You know, I just had a weird thought about 14. When 14 came out, everyone was like, the bashing on it, and then everyone was like, don't you guys realize every MMO launches crappily like this? It's true. Well, why the heck did 14 have to re- like, lay off all their staff then? What's up with... You know, if they all launch like that, why the heck is 14 reacting so slong- strongly when a nobody else seems to? horrible reviews. Like, oh, the reviews. Yeah, I guess the other ones get like sevens, and this got fives. You know, I always wonder do about that. Apparently, we everyone says like it's an acknowledged fact that MM, MMOs always launch terribly. Yeah, but if everyone knows that, is is there is there something that people can do ahead of time to make sure to to lessen those pains? The assertion it's, would be no, that it's just too big of an undertaking to be able to to smooth out before people have their hands on it. Run a big and sometimes, bit. sometimes you don't need to fire the entire development staff to screw things over after the launch has happened. Mm, I'm just wondering if, like, if it was like just some way to be like, all right, we're gonna start small, we're gonna add new features. I, I don't know, just something. I think the only the only company that have successfully managed to get away with that is uh, CCP and Eve Online, because mm. they did start pretty small and worked up to their current user base, um, and they did reasonably well for it. You know, and you know what they did that that Fourteen's not doing is they stuck to their guns. They said, yeah. Players can screw you over. We don't care. That's the game. Deal with it. They were just very real about what their game was, and they made no qualms about it, and they accepted that their user base would like it for what it is. And 14 mm-hmm. is like, oh, oh, uh, there's a lot of people like it like it is now, but look at all these other people who don't. we got to change it. we got to change it. we got to change it. That's hugely different philosophies there. Well, it isn't really, it isn't really fair to compare the two. They're quite drastically different, but... Well, they're both MMO games, and they took a different approach to responding to criticism, don't you think? Well, Eve seems yeah, to be in a, way. a grandiose strategy game than 14, which is going for a piece of the wild pie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'd like to hear what the audience thinks about this. Yeah. How do you launch a successful MMO? What do you need to do? What do you need to do? Question of the week. Well, um, and 14 may be doing it by doing all this stuff. Maybe this is it. Maybe no, the reason that, that Conan is, is fading into oblivion, that Warhammer is fading away, is because they didn't do this. Maybe that, that Square Enix will prove it like this is how you do it right in the face of WoW. Well, so far, it's don't, don't, do it, don't, don't do it like World of Warcraft. Don't do it like Final Fantasy XI. Don't do it like Final Fantasy XIV. Don't do it like well, uh, Conan. Don't do it like Warhammer. Uh, don't do it like Star Trek Online. Well, now, uh, 11 was a success, though. It, they still had to give out a free month uh, in the uh, Japanese... But I, Japanese. I understand, but they, they, they stuck with it, and they fixed it, and they made it, it, it successful. Um, yeah, it just took time. So you just mean, how do we avoid that rough launch altogether? Yeah, hmm. pretty much. Yeah. But, uh, 
Well, the interesting question to pose is that if they, if Eleven is such a success now, why did they take every lesson they learned with Eleven and chuck them right out the window? And that that might be why they're firing all the people in charge. It's it's like this isn't new to them. I can understand if this was this first MMO, but they've had like like seven years. I don't know how many years of Final Fantasy Eleven. It just seems like they threw all those lessons out the window. Uh, I think so they've had eight years of experience I say place all the blame at Tanaka's feet the guy clearly can't do MMOs <laughs> the guy oh, so say, look at get his... the head of FF11 to but do this, you then? know somebody came up with the foundation that 11 is built on though and that was mm-hmm. like him so I mean it, it's hard to not credit him at all I don't know I, I just I, I have a problem saying that you know he's entirely everything that's both good that that he's just everything that's wrong with the game when he's probably also everything that's good with the game. Well, if he's good for the foundation, then have him build the foundation and, and then, then get him out there, out which the is what they're doing. Yeah, and yeah, his ass out, Mr. Elson. <laughs> and that's what's happening. Oh, we were talking about Ajito 13. So the director of that game, Hajime Tabara, said, uh, let's see, occasionally I like to talk a little bit about how it's going on the third birthday's Twitter account. Uh, but development's going along smoothly, and it's going to be a really intense game. He's talking about Ajito. The sort where you're using the fire spell like a gun in a shooter. <laughs> okay. He also says Ajito 13 isn't going to be the typical kind of multiplayer game where people gather around and play together. It'll have something unique and exclusive to, to itself. Okay, have you played most multiplayer games that are popular nowadays? You don't gather around. You hop on Xbox Live and play at your own house. But he's in Japan, so I'll have to forgive him that because they don't do it that way there. Well, I, I remember something from years ago that Ajito 13 was supposed to be like some type of card-based fighter. I, I thought so. But apparently you're going to use this fire spell like a gun. <laughs> wait, wait, Ajito 13, is this the, this is the PSP one, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's absolutely right. It, it was, was, it, was it was the one that was going to be cell phone and then became PSP. And it was a card-based fighter and then it became Monster Hunter-like. <laughs> well, now it's a first-person <laughs> shooter, <confusing>. apparently. <laughs> So, confused. <laughs> yes, very confused. <laughs> I'm I'm looking forward to it. I want to see what's going on here. <laughs> I I'm play I played through all of Dirge Cerberus. I'll give this one a try. I'll see what happens. Why did you do that to yourself? Because I had I had much? a long USB cord, so I hooked up a keyboard and mouse. So I played it that way. That's how I played. You know, it's funny. Out. You played through all of Dirge Cerberus, and you still didn't know who Gact was until I told you like three months ago. I knew Gact. Uh, no, I knew he was a pop singer in Japan. I learned that when I played the game. Why did I forget? Gact have to do with Dirge of Cerberus? Oh, he's everything. He. Oh my God, he's the secret real. Uh, he's the secret reveal of the next enemy that you're going to fight in the sequel, at the very end of the game. <laughs> like he Gact comes is out. A main char- Let me put. It. Gact is the main is a main character in the game. He did a music video for the game where he's wearing the outfits from the game, he and is, he's in the game. He is not a main character in the game. He doesn't show up until the very end. Like, the very end. Like, right, after so the, the credits end. <laughs> Fine, he'll be the next character in the main next game. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so when he did it in that... So when he did something similar in that Gundam game, he has actually done it before. Oh, he did game. that in the, in the Gundam game? Yes, he did. What did he do in the Gundam game? Well, apparently Gundam there's, a, there's a gacked Gundam somewhere. Oh, cool. So he just shows there up. There you go. Gacked facts. But is he popular <laughs> anymore? I think he's it's like... I think he's a kitschy kind of a like a laughy joke. Oh, that's not. You good. know what I mean? Like people are like, <laughs> uh, what's that's he not doing good. Because uh, 
I'm sure he was popular when this happened, but it's been too long to really capitalize he's on old. that at this he's point. And he, and he still acts like he's like a, a 20-year-old. Well, okay, now boy. some pop stars can last a couple years. but uh, No, I mean, he's old, but he still acts like he's one of those 20-year-old pretty boys in one of those uh, uh, J-Rock Vizky Well, that's how, that's how Asian pop stars work, right? They all have to look, like, really pretty. No, no, no. You said Asian. That's, those are Japanese pop stars. Chinese pop stars are completely different. Or well, what about pop Korean stars. pop stars? Like Rain. Okay, but Chinese look like like look at Jackie Chan. He can do anything. Well, he okay, wants. Uh, I guess I I was I've only been exposed to Japanese and Korean ones thanks to StarCraft now. Um, so that's what I was thinking of. How, so how does a yeah? I I had to look him. I I didn't understand, and I still don't understand. Jackie Chan a pop star. Japanese is totally a pop star. Are you kidding me? Every New Year's he doesn't in Hong sing. Kong? That's he no. absolutely hey, he does he sing, doesn't he? <laughs> Jackie Jackie Chan does sing. <laughs> but I mean, he? he's 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 like he's a pan media pop star. He's not like a a pop star pop star. Are you kidding me? Okay, now this is the one generalization you can't make about Asia. Okay, the artists and actors are prolific. They're in just about everything. Yeah, and, <laughs> and they like to sing. They like to dance. They like to act. They like to model. They, <laughs> you name it, they do it. Nice. Okay. Fair enough. All right, we got some reviews for you. Uh, so check this out. Epic Dungeon, Xbox Live independent game, part of the Xbox Live's Winter Uprising. Oh, my goodness. What? Sorry, Jackie Chan has over 20 albums since 1980. Oh, wow. Really? Andy has a Hue card game for um, uh, PC Engine. Wow, and he's cool. he has over 20 albums since 1984 and has performed vocals in Cantonese, Mandarin, Japanese, Taiwanese, and English. Bingo, you learn something new every day. <laughs> right. Wow, Jackie Chen's the man. Yes. All right, Epic Dungeon <laughs> is apparently the the best like one dollar dungeon crawler you can buy, or um, a roguelike. It is a three and a half out of five according to our very own Sam Marcello. And this is uh, this. I've been hearing a lot of good things on Twitter about this, but oh yeah, she uh, tweets about it like all the time. Well, pretty much everybody I follow who's in the indie game scene is tweeting positive things about this. So if you're into that sort of vibe, apparently this is excellent. Uh, three and a half out of five. Uh, I don't think it's that long because somebody was saying uh, that they know what they were doing. They were able to beat the whole game in 42 minutes. I'm sure that's a lot different your first time through. It says, good thing. Seeing the end of the dungeon. There's lots of skill customization. Humorous dialogue. Uh, let's see. M- negatives is uh, being gained up on by the enemies. Being gained up on some more. And then being ganged up on by an ogre barbershop quartet. So there are apparently some very humorous enemies in there. I think that would be a positive, that last one, personally. Especially if they sang to you. So, Epic Dungeon. It is, uh, it's like a roguelike, but it's funny. It's a little different. It's a dollar. Go give it a shot. Apparently, like a really good one. And one of these first ones that coming out of the Ep- Xbox Live Winter, Xbox Indie Games Winter Uprising that I'm hearing good things about. So, go check that sucker out. And then... We have Golden Sun. the game with the Ogre Barbershop Quartet. A plus for originality on the enemy on that one. <laughs> yes. We have Golden Sun as well, which is the long looked forward to sequel. And I don't think I covered the review last week, and I should have. So I'm covering it tonight. We gave it four out of five. So Adrian Donaldin reviewed it, gave it a four out of five, said fantastic level design and great puzzles, fast, simple combat that doesn't interfere with the puzzles. It has some weak localization, which I'm shocked by. Because Nintendo has been doing great localizations over the past few years. This one's weak. is really surprising to me. It says it's a disappointing soundtrack compared to previous games in the series. Also very disappointing. But 
Uh, overall, you gave the game a good score. If so if you've been looking forward to Golden Sun, it sounds like you won't be that disappointed. So go check it out as well. Is anyone here going to pick it up? I will. I need to finish I Golden Sun too. I will pick it up after Christmas. Yeah. Same. Yeah, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rush out for that one. There's no collector stuff, so I'll I'll play it. I'll get it when I'm about to play it. Oh well. All right, and we got lots of other stuff on the site. We got some retro reviews you can go check out. There's uh, screenshots of Lettuce Clang Together. We got an impression of Whisper of a Rose Gold. I have no idea what that is. Go check it out. We've got indie developer Powell Ephelian Episode 2. We've got an interview with them. Uh, go check that out. Lots of stuff on the site. But right now, I've got picks in the voids for you. And first off, starting us off is Mr. John Yearworth. Well, I've got a couple of uh, picks this week. Um... One of the, well, my, my non-RPG pick for the week with my co- our copy of um, Blast Blue Continuum Shift finally showed up this week. I finally had an opportunity Is to sit down and play Is it actually Blaz and not Blaze? Uh, the, the character, I, I always pronounce it Blaz Blue, but the characters pronounce it Blaze Blue or Blay Blue. Okay. So. I like image the idea pooch, of just ignoring image the Z. Who cares? Yeah, image yeah pooch. don't remind yeah. me about that, thanks. Um... <laughs> So it's uh, yes, the uh, the um, sequel to um, Blast Blue Calamity Trigger, the two um, D sprite based fighting game by um, Arc System Works. Wait, it's a sequel? Yes. I, I, this is okay. So this one is on what? Uh, PS3 and 360. And this is a sequel to the one that came out like a year ago or two years ago, was yeah. it? Okay, yeah, I one. didn't realize they had made a new one. Um. Yeah, basically, it's well. Is it's, it like Super Street Fighter Four to Street Fighter Four, or is it like really yeah, different? Yeah, well, there are. Um, I'm sure how many new characters there are. Uh, I think there's two new characters. I think no, three new characters plus two DLC characters. Okay, um, so it's more like whom, it's more like Super to a regular. Yeah, all bar one who featured in who made store uh, appearances in the story mode of the previous game. Okay. Um. Basically, the, the the if there's one thing that Blast Blue does quite well, I mean, I'm I'm um, I'm not particularly good at fighting games. I'll say that right now. But um, Blast Blue does, for a fighting game, have a really quite well told story. It gets very complicated at times. There's a lot of this, a very strange time travel thing going on, but it works. And there's a lot of story like stuff there to chew through. You know, each each character has a has a story path, and there's quite a lot of, you know, fully voiced dialogue. And Continuum Shift follows directly on from the true ending of the previous game. So um, whose character has a true ending? Uh, well, basically, um, the various... Uh, you, in the original, you had to complete all of the character paths. You had to get the true ending for each character to unlock the final sort, the final section. Oh, okay. Which kind of rounded the story out, and you have to do something similar in Continuum Shift. When did this come out? Uh, it came out in Europe on the third of December, I believe. Oh. Um, uh, however, it's been out in the U.S. for a little while now. Couple of months. Continuum Shift looks like it came out in July. This is Continuum Shift or Continuum Shift Two. Continuum Shift. Uh, no, it's Continuum Shift. Continuum Shift Two is uh, an arcade. It's only in arcades right now. Okay. Yeah, only in arcades. But basically, the um, the Continuum Shift Two is is Continuum Shift with the 
basically the DLC characters added into the arcade version and the character exclusive to the console, okay. home console So it version. doesn't have a new story? Uh, no, it doesn't. Oh, okay. So, so why the hell do they call it 2? Oh, whatever. Uh, just wanted to be... Just wanted <laughs> to differentiate EX plus. The, EX plus. Just wanted to differentiate it from the previous one, presumably. Right, fine. Very enjoy, highly enjoyable. Highly enjoyable. All right. What was your other one? And the RPG pick is, uh, of course, Super Robot Wars L. Oh, of course. For the, the DS. Is that did that just come out or something? Yeah, it came out on the twenty eighth of November and recently showed up at my house. Is that out here? Of course not. Oh, oh, this is Japanese only. Okay. Yeah, I got it. This this because this has actual anime people in it. Yeah, this has actual ones. anime in. Um, the is this the one a, that had all the the G Gundam ones you were talking about? Uh, no. Oh, um, Super Wars L has a few interesting. Um, well, the debut series and this time around are um, the rebuild of Evangelion. Ah. Um, uh, an eighties series called um, Ixer. Fight Ixer One. Yes, that one. And Ixer Reborn, it looks like. And um, we've got Endless uh, Waltz, Seed, Seed, Voltas 5, Combatler, Combatler 5, <laughs> Macross Frontier, Line Barrels of Iron. What the hell is that? It's <laughs> a very good series. I finished watching it on uh, a couple of days ago. Okay. And then a bunch of others. And a bunch of others, yes. <laughs> That's great. Um... All I can really say about this is um, uh, I've managed to successfully talk for four hours on a podcast about Super Robot Wars before, so I suggest you just go and listen to that. I may review it at some point. Yeah, Go check out our Backtrack podcast feed for that. Yes. Um, Good stuff. So yeah, I, I'm currently plugging away at that. Sweet. And all I can really say is they give EV Unit 1 a massive mecha-sized Gatling gun. Who am I to complain? A Gatling gun? You know, minigun. Shouldn't Big. Unit 1 have, like, a massive extension cord? Yes, it does have a massive extension cord. Oh, it does! Cord. All right. And then it's a super move to, like, cut the cord or something crazy? Uh, yeah, there is. Actually. Yes! <laughs> ingest an, well, actually, in, well, ingest an Angel's it, uh, engine or whatever it is. <laughs> it's, uh... If I remember, basically, the, it actually functions as a gameplay mechanic. While the EV, while the EV units are tethered to their cords, they effectively have, um, you know, a bottomless energy supply. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. Um, so you cut it and then. And, all right. um, one of the combat animations, the the combo attack between the three main EV units, it all has them sort of, you know, stylishly purge the plugs and, you know. Dacker things to death with with much firepower, and then run out of energy. And they, they, I have noticed also that they've they've reincorporated the mechanic from older Super Robot Wars games, where um, if sh- if Shinji is shot down at any point while piloting Unit One, rather than him just exploding and being removed from the battlefield like every other unit, um, the uh, plug the dummy plug takes over and Unit One goes berserk, and then it starts eating your face. Oh, it attacks your your side. Yeah, it, it, it becomes a neutral. Effectively, becomes a neutral unit on the field, and just it attacks anything that goes anywhere near it. The dummy plug takes over, but he's still in it. Yeah. Okay. 
Oh no, I shouldn't. I shouldn't go down this road of trying to remember all the various plot points of Evangelion. That is not a healthy thing to do. All right, no, <sighs> no, no, it's very much not. And <laughs> put people to sleep. Uh, all I can, all I can really say in that regard is, I, I am not a fan of Evangelion. Rebuild, however, is quite a lot better. At the very that, least, yeah. at least they give Shinji a spine. And yeah, well, the guy is you know redoing it without being under mental duress this time so that should help without being creator. on a horrific amounts of um antidepressants yeah, yeah. <laughs> it should make for a more cohesive series and yeah, they'll probably be able to finish with like out running out of budget this time too so and, and hopefully without killing everyone <laughs> i don't know about that i think that's a core element of evangelion oh well hey well, we'll hey in it. one of the, the in the altered ending that they came out with later two people lived yeah. A whole two people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Still a bit bleak. <laughs> you don't like Ray's big ass face falling down in the background. <laughs> oh, why am I talking Evangelion? Okay, so um Roy, Roy, do you have anything for us? <laughs> for picks of the week? Yes. Or avoids. Maybe you played something that was rubbish. <laughs> Well, my top game of the week for non-RPGs is definitely Bejeweled 3. Bejeweled 3, all right. <laughs> I played this a little, too. Like I said before we started recording, I've been playing it three hours straight. Wow. It's actually really fun. Thanks. And the RPG pick of the week would definitely be the two Deathspank games. Becky convinced me to get them for PC, and they're quite funny. Did you play through both of them? Yeah, I did. I didn't expect wow. them to be that good. I, a lot of people say they, that the first one drags on a bit, and the second one is very similar to the first one, so they have trouble getting through it all without it feeling very repetitive. Did You You didn't have that issue at all, though, then? Well, not too much, but the humor was good enough. All right. Although, um, I originally bought the first one on PS3 and didn't like it all that much, but smartly, they when they put it to PC, they made it like a, a Diablo-type action game, which really was I thought it was it. that before. On, on the PC, it was more of a button mash. Or on the PS3, it was more of a button masher. Well, yeah, because you don't have a mouse, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, didn't like, I didn't like it too much on the PS3. So you, you like clicking a mouse more than pushing a button? I'm right? weird. <laughs> okay. Because it's like the same thing, isn't it? Like you're, just, you're just replacing one with the other, or is there something else that's different? It's just replacing one with the other. But okay. It just works better on PC. All right, fair enough. I'm, I'm picky. <laughs> All right. I, I... Um, um, there, I don't know if we have this on the news, but I just saw this on IGN. Um, there is a massive update coming for Fallout New Vegas. Oh, okay. Um, for a, a massive patch for 1.02 that will be available for PlayStation. It's already available for PlayStation 3 owners. It'll be available next week for Xbox and Steam users. So it's it's out for PS3 before it's out for PC? Indeed. Wow. That's unprecedented. That is... Wow. Okay. What's it add? um, It's top fixes. It says companions now show up as waypoints. Okay. Companions will always fast travel with Uh, you. We don't need to go over bug fixes, but uh, do they have any, like, new content or significant changes, do you think? Looks like it fixes mostly bugs, and it fixes... about looks like just about bugs in about thirty different quests. I really didn't realize Fallout was that buggy. Oh yes. Um, oh yes, it is. <laughs> it was. It's, 
it is it is a game being published by a company that makes notoriously yes. buggy games, but they didn't yes. do this one themselves. Instead, they farmed it out to the only developer that makes games as buggy as they do. <laughs> that's kind of that's how that works. Summary. And and I'm not wrong, right? That's that's it's exactly it, is it not? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Obsidian, Obsidian published by Bethesda is just you're asking for bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So all right. Cool. That's good. Good news. You got that big patch out. Fallout New Vegas, a big one that's going to be on people's game of the year list. I'm interested to see um, if people are talking about this for a while. Or maybe it's just bug fixes. I guess they won't. But uh, all right. So thank you, Roy. I have got. Um, let's see. What have I been playing this week? Hmm. Oh yeah. Pretty much only one game. Manny, is this going to be your pick too or not? Um, well, you my pick... say capitalism. No, 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 my pick was the 1995 Hong Kong classic Rumble in the Bronx starring <laughs> Jackie Chan. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> was that his but first movie in US theaters? <laughs> If you guys want to talk about Cataclysm, we can do that. Yeah, that's definitely my pick for the week. That launched on Tuesday, and holy crap, I love this game so much. I just love it so much. I love it, love it, love it. I want to, I want to spend a lot of time in it, and uh, I'll be playing it a lot, but I'll try to keep talking about it to a, a reasonable level for y'all. I know you guys didn't like that last time we were playing WoW heavily. But uh, this game, these guys, they just they know what they're doing so well. Uh, and... It, and I'm just I picked it up. I did a race change. I turned my my night elf into a a, a werewolf, and I'm yeah. I'm I loving... noticed that actually that was quite interesting. Yeah, I, I decided this is what I would have picked if I was starting the game fresh. So I want my main character to be that. So I did the race change, and I've been leveling in eighty to eighty five content so far. The quests are as well done as the best stuff I've seen in in Wrath of the Lich King, if not better. And it's uh, you know everything flows so well. The the story bits and lore inclusions for people who follow it at all are great. They they've got just enough there without getting in the way. If you're not, you can skip all that and just get your experience and get on with the quest if you want to. The phasing is great now too. Oh, Actually, everything like changes as you're going through quests. It's just like the world changes around you, and that feels so good compared to like what you're used to in an MMO. <laughs> well, I say that as someone who's gone through the um, the new old world content, yeah, um, the the stuff that they have redone is is really damn good. But sometimes yeah. I feel like I'm not changing the world. You know, the, the, you know, they, they say they're going to use phasing, but you know, oh, have you gone to Westfall it? yet? Oh, the, yes, the, you mean CSI Westfall? Yeah, have you gone to CSI ah. Westfall? Yeah, I did that one. Oh, I mean that's huge. They changed that a ton. Oh yeah, I mean that's that's a big one. And no, uh, I say no, there's 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 ones where it's really good. Uh, uh the red, uh, what's it called again? Redshire? Well, no. Red Ridge. Red Ridge. Red Ridge. My brain is failing because it's almost five in the morning. Yeah. Um, yeah, Red Ridge. Also, They're, an entire section of the map changes. Although I must admit, I. I think I glitched the phasing quite badly ah, when I nice. went through there last time. Basically, I, I walked into um, uh, I walked into an area that had phased, um, and in my version, well, I could see the very large hole in the ground that I'd created, um, but um, like through intermittent gaps, I could still see the monsters that were supposed to spawn in there, spawning in midair, falling into the hole, and despawning again. That's awesome. 
that was that was weird. I just kind of got back on my mount and moved swiftly on. It's I also, raining mobs. Yeah, I also started mining from a mid-air mining point at one at nice. one one point. But this game but has so that, much going on for it. There's a quest that's like Katamari Damacy. There's just so much awesome stuff that they put in this expansion, and uh, you know. So if you're worried that oh they wasted all their effort just redoing the one to sixty content, no, the eighty eighty five content so far is fantastic. You're gonna love it. So go try it out. By the way, Chris, you lied to me. Oh, what did I do wrong now? Um, you said uh, I think it was about two weeks ago that you probably you wouldn't need Cataclysm to get the flying license for Azeroth. Oh yeah, that's uh, if I said that I was wrong. You do. Found that out the hard way. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and then you have to pay like 200 gold once you get it. And then you can fly around no, that's not. That's not a problem. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I don't know what I based that off of. I was talking out of my butt, apparently. Because I, I didn't know that for sure. Um, I was probably, uh, you know, I may have been thinking about how... No, I wouldn't have assumed that just based on the beta, because the beta was live with Cataclysm. So I don't know what was up with that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'll forgive you this time. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, so, I want to make some horde characters, though. Some interesting stuff. Good, yeah? I was going to say, do you guys know a good horde server? Because it seems like everyone on Draenor's Alliance. Well, you could... I think we should pick... I don't know. Um, I We had a thread on that. There's some people that are associated or with, the, with that thread who have characters on a horde server you could go with. Um, one of them, Severin, uh, suggested doing uh, Earthen Ring and joining the AIE Guild, which is a mega guild that's got like three or 4,000 people in it. Um, mm. That'd be a very different experience from what we what we have with our, you know, 25 people or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, that that's an option. And uh, there'll always be somebody to help you out with something if you do that. Um, you won't be alone. Uh, or we could try and pick a Horde server as well, but it's hard to focus on two servers at the same time. Um, but I do highly recommend people make some Horde characters and check out Orgrimmar because apparently that's hugely changed and people really love what they did with Orgrimmar. So if you have any, if you remember like how it used to be, check that out. And cool. what else to tell you? Capital cities are a little different um, and things are, uh, you know, shattering stuff is shattering stuff, but uh, it's very interesting how tied to Azeroth you are now. So everything is keeping you in like the old world and it doesn't feel like the old world now. It feels like the new world. And so um, I guess this for this little mini review, I'll leave it to just the, the questing and feel. And the feel is great. And everything's got you, you, you turning towards uh, doing all the new story stuff and seeing the, the story of Azeroth and participating in it and seeing all the, the phasing and stuff. Um, as I sink my teeth into it more, maybe I can get to the point where I can tell you how the dungeons are and how the, the PvP stuff is, all these newer rated battlegrounds and all that sort of stuff that I haven't gotten into. Archaeology I haven't touched at all. I haven't even found the trainer. So, oh, Harrison Jones? Y- yeah, I don't know where he is. He's in Stormwind. Oh, he in, is. Uh, okay. Near King Varen. All right, I need to go back and, and talk to him. <laughs> Harrison Jones. Do you have anything else you want to point out that Harrison you're liking Ford, about it? Indiana Jones, get it? Yes, yes, I get it. Jeez. Do you have anything else you want to point out about it, Manny? Um, I'm enjoying it. I mean, I want to point out this is that Queen has repeatedly said that, wow, eh, I tried it a few times. Eh, it's not that good. Eh, just, I just, but now he's actually, he's more of a fiend than the rest of us. Nice. 
So you're playing. I a- didn't hit level sixty-two this evening or anything. Oh wow! And you're playing on a U.S. account, right? Yep. So you are in the guild. Yep. Yeah. All right. So it's just impressing because I to hear you speak about it, it always sounded like. Just it just couldn't let you on, no matter what to try, no matter how many times you came back to it. But somehow, the cataclysm was I just think, enough. I think it's the cataclysm that did it. Uh, the fact that I found the old world quest content really quite dull. Yeah, um, and it was. They it was. really helped it a lot. Yeah, the, the changes that they've made have, have uh, really have you know made it much more interesting. Yeah, and that's what made it. Um, you know, at that I was able to get through. Um, you know, sixty levels in a very, very short period of time. So, has anyone uh, touched the the new the new races yet? Uh, well, yeah, I made my main I mean, organ. I mean, you you tried them out, but did you actually go through the, through the new starting area? I did and... the starting area in the beta, and I <clears> thought <throat> it was quite good. They haven't changed anything since then. Uh, I haven't done anything since then, and I haven't started a goblin yet. Ah, all right. So, starting a goblin and then going to Ogremar might be a good idea. <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's on the list. The The thing about Cataclysm is, like, I was feeling like, oh, they just add a couple new races and raise a level cap, and yet now that the thing's out, I'm realizing just how much there is to do. So many things I want to do. So, so much. Which I guess is, you know, it's an MMO. That's what they're supposed to do. But, you know, the... You know, this is a game I've played for years now, and the idea that they release just one expansion, and it feels like I get to do it all the same amount of stuff that I've done so far without it feeling like I'm doing it all over again. That's 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 how you do it right. And so so far, I'm really impressed. Very very impressed. And I should move on because people start complaining now. So uh, I think that's it then. That's our show. Sorry, Michael wasn't able to show up. He's working hard. I'm putting up a new War in the North website. So everybody um, plug the warinthenorth.com and watch it in the next week. I bet there will be a new website going up there soon, and you guys can uh, marvel at his handiwork. Um, yeah. And uh, thanks for listening to the show. Give us some feedback at podcast at rpgamer.com. Send in your emails. Go to rpgamer.com slash rpgcast. Click on discuss and discuss the the uh, the episode with us in our forums where we love to hear your feedback and include in the show. Or call us. Leave us a voicemail at 608-729-4098. We love to take your calls and talk about them. Uh, anything else you guys got going on that's awesome at the site that you can think of? No, I'm just uh, wondering um, if, if uh, Michael's putting up the War in the North website, do me and Quinn actually get to write about it or we just let him do it? Uh, no, you guys should write about it. He really shouldn't write about his something he worked on. <laughs> it's already weird that we even have him still, that he's still associated with the site when he's also in the industry. So we got to make sure there's some separation there in case people are wondering how we handle that. Michael can't do anything WB Games related. <laughs> Because, yeah, <laughs> just would not be right. <laughs> um, let's see. The, I would uh, like to plug the Facebook page if you want to. Uh, Facebook.com slash RPGamer. And there's also the uh, our Twitter page, Twitter.com slash RPGamer. If you want to see what we're up to, interact with us, be our friends. Yeah, please do. And uh, let's see. The, the There's something cool I wanted to tell you to do. I can't remember it now. Oh, when is that uh, next Dragon Age article coming out, I wonder? Um, oh, the next uh, mod article. Yeah. I have yet to start working on it. Okay, so look forward to that coming eventually. 
<laughs> Hopefully by Sunday. All right. So that'll be cool, too, because I just reinstalled Dragon Age and I played it a little bit. Now, I, I know WoW is going to distract me a lot here, but I'm really excited to jump back into that as well. And some cool mods would be really cool to read about, too. So, yeah, all right. The, so oh. next article is going to be all about uh, question adventures. Sweet, 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 sweet. Okay, so I think we're going to wrap up. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Um, for Again, like I said, for the next couple weeks, I think we're going to be doing Friday night shows. So that is at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern on Friday nights. You can come watch us live at rpgamer.com slash live. And you can watch us. 3 a.m. Greenwich Mean Time. 3 a.m. Greenwich Mean Time. And uh, I'm sure the schedule's going to jump around a little, around, a little bit during Christmas because when I go home, um, it's hard to record on a Friday night and when my family's all up. So since I'd be staying with them, that'll probably be going back to Saturday morning and that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, we'll work uh, all that, that out. that would really help because I think um, I, cause I'll be going home for Christmas as well. And I think my parents would probably complain if I yeah. was, you know, talking loudly on a podcast at, at 3 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, probably yeah. would be. You, you know, I might encourage you not to join on that night if we did do it in the evening. You know, just No, if we did it in the evening, I'd just find an inventive way of, you know... Um, You'd be outside yeah, on the going, roof. Going and sitting in our very cold annex or something. Oh, great. Yeah. All right. So leave us some feedback. Tell us how much you like the double British attack. And we will catch you all next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye now. Bye-bye. British attack.